that chance line. I know I'm shouting. You're just saying, show me that you're not biased all the time, will you? I know! It's in the fucking world out, man! What the fucking hell's happening? Fucking top of league, plenty of shit. They all get the fucking decisions. We're fucking tough boss like that. They should be fucking flagging. Sure, go and warm up down there. Fucking tell him he should be flagging for that. He's only 10 yards away from it. Fucking tackle. Fucking hey, Joe, that made my day complaining about him. Fuck you, now, Joe, come on. He's been your best fucking player. When you see that challenge tomorrow, I know, and you see the penalty, will you feel disappointed? Oh, what do you think? Oh, I just made a mistake. It's all right. You'll think that'll teach one off. What's his surname, Imrich? He's had a misfortune. What's his surname? Hey, Hutchinson. Hutchinson, thank you very much. I've never seen a like him. I've never seen a like him in my life. Welcome. We are the Tufty Club. You might have heard us before. Uh, if, if you have, uh, I'm surprised you're back, but you are. Um, we're not up for any awards, any nominations, because we're... Uh, pretty unprofessional but we, we thought we'd come back to you and uh, and do another podcast a, a review of some more tv gold featuring sheffield united so i'm joined by uh, andrew hi dave uh the only reason i'm back is because you uh, you told me we were up for an award are, are we not sadly not no all right okay <laughs> I'll, I'll continue today but i'll i'm not <laughs> sure about continuing in the future a uh, new regular uh, mr stancliffe <laughs> Hi all. Hi David. All right, and finally, uh, our technical expert, Mr. Webster. I won't go that far, but hello. Only reason he's here because he's the technical one. <laughs> Only reason Andy's here is uh, Andy for his Zoom that can go over forty minutes. Dave because I can be bothered to organise it, and uh, and you because you promised to get us Coslock. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> and just for the listeners, we, he's not succeeded yet. We're still in <laughs> delicate negotiations with a few players to do. He's not even texting, has he? <laughs> <laughs> so um, obviously, we've we've done the United uh, 1990 series fairly recently. I hope you've enjoyed some of those uh, pods and the interviews. So we're now going to look at the imaginatively titled Warnock documentary. Um, and I think you know, recent times we've seen the comparisons between Pep to Warnock's trying to say that there's some kind of similarities between their style of management. We might want to touch on that later. Um, on the DVD blurb, it says it's the fa- fantastic, critically acclaimed documentary um, about, uh, about the most passionate and controversial football managers. And it follows United and their manager, Neil Warnock, through the 2004-05 season. And I think it was on Sky One. I think it was on Sky One and it was at the start of the next season when they put it on. Um, Believe it or not, there was an extended version on DVD that I had somewhere that was like longer than, than this, which was 47 minutes. Um, but I, I couldn't find that anywhere. But obviously the, the version's available on YouTube, which will, will point people in the, uh, in the direction of. Uh, they can have a look at that. What's the extra footage then? If you uh, add There's a lot of stuff about kits at Sunderland and them, them wearing red, red socks and shorts at Sunderland. Right up our street, that. Yeah, I can't... Just a few more fucking L's as well. Yeah, they're pretty much. I can't remember much about the, the bonus footage as it was made. I think Club Shop really made a big thing that it was an extra bit of footage you could have, but... Never mind. Um, yeah, so set the scene. 2004-05 season. It was Warnock's sixth season at the club out of eight. Uh, it was two years after we'd had that really good season, which turned out not being really good when we well, but we got three finals, playoff final, two semis. Um, the season before this, we finished eighth. Uh, do you know where we finished this season? 
Anyone? Ninth. Nine. Nine. Eighth or ninth? Ninth. Eighth again. So we, we were consistent. Um, so the season that they did the DVD, we finished eighth. So we still got like to Jagielka, Montgomery, Tong, Paddy Kenny, Morgan, Andy Gray. We'd seen As- Wayne Allison and Peskis leader Robert Page move on. But it was the summer when um, we'd also brought in the, the Wednesday trio, uh, Quinn, Bromby, and then Geary came not long after. Quite a lot of, we remember there were quite a lot of... Uh, Quite a lot of controversy over bringing so many ex Wednesday. But I don't know if anyone wants to discuss that at all. Yeah, it was it was a little bit, but it, it something nothing as usual with that sort of stuff. It's I think we'd had Owen Morrison as a teaser. I think, hadn't we? <laughs> and you know, a bit. Let's be honest. Quinn Bromberry and Geary all did a fantastic job for us, didn't they? So. Yeah. yeah, I think Good Geary signing. came a little bit later, didn't he? But those two signed this up. We also signed Paul Thurwell. Danny had a market, but the big signings that a lot of people think, oh, these are going to... John Harley, who'd done really well on loan a few years back, came for time, and Barry Hales. And I remember at the time, I was massively excited about Barry Hales coming in. I Bet know that sounds silly at the time. No, I, um, I was, I was. Because uh, he was doing well. He was at Fulham, weren't he? And he was, he was good. He was really good. Uh, and then we saw a few come and go later in the season. Danny Culler came and went, um, didn't get on with uh, our manager. And then Danny Webber came later on. But I th- I think the expectations were that we'd been a bit down on the previous season and that we would be pushing for playoffs because uh, we did we'd had you know a few few mid-table finishes first years then we pushed on with that triple assault season we've not done as well the season after yeah i don't know can you remember much about that season apart from the the, the, the kind of documentary or the one thing i remember touching back on the wednesday sign is the only thing i really remember about that is one claiming that he didn't, he couldn't remember that Bromby had got a long throw, and and I think we like we scored using it in first game or something. And Early just, away, yeah, yeah, and, and he, he just he basically said, "Oh, I'd forgotten that until on day." So then I thought he'd just lob it in, and and we'd do all right. And it's absolute nonsense, weren't it? But that is literally that, and then some of the things that the documentary touches on because they've obviously just picked the memorable. It's out. They're they're the only things I can remember from that season, really. I think Michael Tong said it on, I know he, he did an interview recently, and he said it's a shame they did that season. Because if you think about some of the other seasons, like that 0203 and the promotion season, it was one of those kind of not... I mean, things did happen, but they weren't like the West Brom, Battle of Bramall Lane. There was nothing massively significant. There was always stuff going on, but... I remember Leeds, Leeds at home, Leeds away, two good results. Uh, Danny went back. I don't remember anything about that season. Probably Ars- the, the Arsenal away. Yeah. And as well, through a previous job, I remember we went to the Arsenal uh, Cup game. Was this the first year we worked together? Yeah. Look at this. Gone misty-eyed and romantic. The, the thing is, one thing I do remember about the documentary is me and you, when it came out and it was on Sky One and the DVD, just used to speak to each other like Neil Warnock, doing all the clips <laughs> and everything. And we used to go into meetings and see what we could say, what, what line we could steal from it. Well, the, the line we've got coming up would have probably got you sacked, wouldn't it? Actually, it was quite, it was quite appropriate, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What we're going to do, we're going to try and go through it in chronological order uh, in terms of how the DVD goes. I'm going to talk, there's various sections and games and incidents. We're going to play a few clips, hopefully the audio quality will be all right, and then just discuss the comedic value, talk a little bit about his management. And, and basically just have a bit bit of a laugh. But I, I do want to defend him a little bit. I mean, I know... You're preempting that we're going to say some negative things about him there, David. 
So the first thing we see is um, we have the theme tune and then we have, uh, I think the narrator is um, James Richardson, uh, you know, from Football Italia, which is quite a coup for, oh. you know, I do love James Richardson. Yeah, I do. But, uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, and we, we have them, um, he has his usual friendlies where we play non-league teams. We don't see anything of a, a Cornwall trip this time, where I'm sure they've been, but we have a, a Matlock away friendly. A kid walks past him and says, Good signings, and he replies, "As you know, you've not seen him play yet," which kind of sets the scene for Warnock. And to be fair to uh, Warnock, he was right on quite a few of them signings. They weren't very good. No. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, yeah, he, I remember he discusses our new, uh, you know, red and white with red shorts, and the debate about why we got red shorts. And he has a bit of a, an interchange with uh, with a, a chap and a lady about our new orange away shirt. So it's bloody hard to please anybody, isn't it, really? The, the, the kit. Where is it orange? I think it does look well. Oh, that's good. You'll be wearing it, you'll be, you'll be sticking them out like that and walking around with that. She doesn't need an orange top like that. Thoughts on that? Ah, simpler times, weren't it? Pre-U-Tree, pre-Weinstein. Pre <laughs> Absolute disgrace, isn't it? Unbelievable. <laughs> Boyfriend was quite happy with the chat, though. Yeah. Almost honoured to have his, his wife chatted up by Warnock. I do think he'd probably get in trouble with that now. Yeah. Maybe not massive trouble, but there'd be comments made. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just, just, just talking about the kits as well. Warnock was a, a great one for always wearing shorts and full-length full socks and boots. I once saw him at Tesco uh, on our Faberdale Road in the full away kit. Well, if you get with it for free... <laughs> That's, you're just making stuff up now. I'm not <laughs> making stuff up. <laughs> up, the, up there, we're seeing Brian Dean in uh, Aphrodite Chippy in North Anston, That It was the destined blue kit. He was walking around Tesco and Sainsbury's in a, in a full away kit with shin pads on. Yeah. He's lost the plot. But yeah, he, he, was, a, he was a big kit fan, though, clearly, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he moans yeah. about them red shorts. And then doesn't he go on for ages about how he thinks the black shorts are lucky or something? Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't speak about that. So players put black shorts on and think, oh, this kid don't look, go well. We're not going to be lucky today. Pretty much what he said. Yeah. I like the way he talks about a new lease of life. And he, he basically says it's going to be his last period of a manager. Because he, I mean, he's 54, so he's not he's getting on a bit. But that's not too much different to Wilder now. Do you know how many years he manages after this? Which is his last <laughs> job, he says. It's only just stopped, Tammy. 15. Yeah. Andrew's not far off. 16 years. He has seven more clubs after this. All that he was desperate to manage, I bet. And he's always wanted to manage him. And... Desperate to manage one last job. That's what he says every time he takes a job, doesn't he? Love their fans. Best fans. He's a one, isn't he? But what's funny is, obviously, like, McCall talks about his qualities. And the one thing I will say is, whatever we think about him, I'm going to talk about, you know, a lot of players, not many players criticise him, but... A lot of people go and work for him. You look at McCall, who played under him, David Kelly, Keith Curl. They all knew about what he was like, but were still quite happy to go and be his assistant. I think one thing that... I was always a bit of a uh, negative Warnock guy, but after his career after us was successful. Yeah. I don't it's think horrible. he failed. I don't think he failed at any club. He may not have lasted long at them, but he, mm. he had success with every one of them, probably. Mm. Rotherham love him. Yeah. And Palace, he was good. QPR, he was decent. Didn't Palace sack him, though? But didn't they sack him before he got him relegated? So that's not a blemish on his record. Yeah. Was that right? He, or... he did well, I think. Championship-wise, great. But whether, whether he could do it at higher level with better players, modern players, that's an argument. 
possibly. So we, we move on to the first home game, which is Stoke at home. Really hot day. Uh, it ended up being nil-nil. Um, early on, we see first clash with a, with a, with a player, which is a future blade, uh, Adi Akinbaye. now. Hey! Hey! Have a fucking word with him then, Rez! Hey! Rhino! Rhino! You've got to fucking see that! Hey! Have a word with him, man! I like from that he's obviously squares up to Akibaye, but it, they, uh, is it uh, purely and his assistant in the back going back off, back on, they're just back and forth for about two minutes. The thing is, I don't think it's a bad tackle. And you watch it on the DVD, I don't think it's actually that bad. I think they're both going for the ball. So I don't know whether he was just trying to get his team motivated or distract Akinbaye or what. I didn't think it was that bad. He was obsessed by Akimbay, weren't he? He was chasing him for ages. And then he signed him and he, he would well, he scored a few goals, but it never really worked out. Great body. Great body. <laughs> Wonderful, I'm sure. Uh, so they come in at half-time and, uh, you, you know, expect, nil-nil, but then he, he's quite... You, know, you see this chatty sign when he talks about the... Well, we get a little air-conditioning unit on. And this is what he gives, uh, he gives the players as, uh, as kind of advice. Just got to make it count. As I said to you, it might be a nub end in 91st minute that wins it, but you've got to keep doing it. And that's his, that's his words of wisdom. Obviously, there were other bits uh, around that. Well, it's funny he says nub end because the voiceover just before he goes into that, he, he, he bangs on about, well, we're going at half time, and, and what I like to do is go in shower with Macca. <laughs> and, uh, and and ask their opinion on certain things, and then I do what I feel, and then he comes out and starts talking about yeah. knob ends. So it's just all a bit, all a bit yeah, weird. So so yeah. So we we we, we dr- and he always calls John Harley by his full name. But then I think, do I ever call? Would we ever call Harley just Harley? I don't know, David Beden. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't call him that. Oh, the fans after him with his negativity. Yeah, it's reveal. It, it's it's like behind the velvet curtain, that isn't it? It's like taking away some of the mystique. Dead bats uh, here. You, you'd probably call John Harley John, wouldn't you? <laughs> always John Harley though. Yeah, certain players always do get the full name. Certain people get the full name. We've got friends that always get the full name. It's just one of them things. I think it's a, I think it's a short first name thing. His team talks uh, a lot different to like Harry's, weren't they? Oh, yeah. Comparing the two, Harry just used to come in, tell him how it was, and that was that, where Warnock just tries to relax everyone and a lot yeah. more calmer, which, I, which, to be fair, I think is a really good way of doing it. Not to be negative against him, but no. you, you, it's good to go in, listen to what the players have to say, and then let them get it all out of the system and then have your say and just calm them down. I thought really good that. He's very Jekyll and Hyde though, isn't he? Because after that Stoke game, he come he comes in and he absolutely lays into him, talking about not doing the fucking basics and all that sort of stuff, and really screaming at him. Then literally, same sentence, drops to that calm voice you're talking about and says, "But there were no wrong with that, were they? <laughs> hey, if we, if we do that, we'll be all right, won't we?" And it's it's like he's on some sort of psychotic drugs or something. Well, just after that, Jeff, Jeff Winter comes on and says, oh, he's, he's not, you know, he's all right. I get on with Warnock. He's, you know, he's, he's not abusive. And then I think it cuts to him swearing at another linesman just after that. So he's well edited. It's one thing that really annoyed me was how he always had a go at the officials. It, it yeah. used to drive me mad. Yeah. Because yeah. Warnock goes on about, 
that players will always blame their wife or the referee or the board. And Warnock blamed yeah. everyone other than himself. Exactly. And, and it's like, come on, Neil. Big difference in Wilder. Wild, Wilder will take responsibility and, and he'll say how it is. Whereas Warnock, sometimes, you, you, it's like say his interviews after games, you'd be like, come on. Yeah, we were crap. Do you think that's why sometimes, or not sometimes, the majority of the fans uh, aren't pro Warnock because it blames everybody instead of going, you know what, we got it wrong today. It's always someone else's fault. Yeah, no, and I, like, think, I think... And sometimes right. saying that, it's like he thinks the fans are stupid and just believe what he says. I don't know, because at the time, I think it's all a bit sort of revising history about this hating Warnock thing, because I think at the time, everyone kind of agreed with him and went along with what he was saying. Like, the, the relegation season is a prime example, and we'll probably talk about this later, but um, obviously, at the time, him, everyone else connected with the club, most of the fans blamed it squarely on Tevez and what West Ham were doing, when in actual fact, all we needed to do was get a point against a team that was below us at home. And, you know, it just shifted shifted away from that. And everyone sort of went with this thing that, it, you know, it wasn't our fault. It was being cheated out of it. And it wasn't until years later we started to think, well, actually, yeah, if we'd have just been a bit better, it was it was us. To be fair, I, I blamed him for playing Jagielka at right back at Villa away. And we lost 3-0. And he'd been the best centre-half. So it, it comes on to Leeds at home, which I think is our first win, because we have a great start to that season. And then they talk about Blackwell and Warnock's relationship. And it's a bit petty from both of them. They both can, we didn't say goodbye. And it's, you know, he didn't pick up the phone. And But it's, it's funny because they did end up working. They were working together again recently, weren't they, at Rotherham? And yeah. They've obviously made up. Re- really petty. I suppose it's like what we were just saying about Warnock not taking any responsibility, always blaming someone else. So he's blaming Blackwell and that's to be fair, I think Blackwell's probably got a point from what he said. Blackwell was a really good coach though, but again, if you listen to anyone, you know, all the different pods that are out and things from players, nobody's got a good word to say about Blackwell as a manager. They say he was a bully and you know, he gets hammered, absolutely hammered as a manager. And he's it's almost like he needed Warnock to be successful, really. He's probably realised since he used to be Warnock's gardener. Well we start in Scarb at Scarborough. No. Um, in his back garden. <laughs> were they at Plymouth together? Yeah. yeah. When they were at Plymouth. You don't get that type of stuff from the other podcast, do you? No. That's kind of insight. That's good stuff. Why aren't we winning awards with this kind of information? <laughs> I don't know, John. It is, it's, know. So, it's, it's bordering on journalism, this, isn't it? Let's be honest. It's funny, isn't it? Everyone goes on about like Sir Alex. And he knows everybody and helps all old players out in management and things like that. I can't imagine Warnock ever doing something like that. Unless they needed some gardening doing, obviously. <laughs> yeah, but, but even if, I mean, I don't think they have. Any ex-United players have gone into management that was under Warnock. I can't, I can't imagine Warnock picking up the phone and saying, oh, if you ever need me or anything like that. Well, yeah, it's. I think a lot of it and a lot of what we see as negative about Warnock, it's because he was quite... I think he was like proud of everything. He wanted everyone to think he were great, but also he wanted to protect what he had. Yeah. So he'd, he'd never... They, I mean, there was that entire like spat with Turner and that about spying on each other and stuff, weren't they? It was very much sort of insular. I've done what I've done. I did it. Everyone wants to worship me for it. I think that's where all his sort of negativities come from. He'd got a big ego. And like you said, he never wanted to admit he was wrong. He was always right. His way was the right way. So, and it's a shame because he had... 
some really good bits of his management. His man management time was superb. And he'd, he'd get team organised, defend him well. He'd always get him a good team spirit. The thing is, he, he had a bad name in the game because he liked the dark arts of the game, didn't he? he tried to pull as many tricks as he can. He did. Like, like we make some say, you know, he had someone listening at the other side of the door and things like that. My, my dad's got a good story of when... Um, Warnock was manager at Huddersfield and my dad was assistant at York and it was snowing at Huddersfield and the referee's blown his whistle at half-time for everybody to go back out and York were about to go out and my dad stopped them and then the referees are banging on the door, the linesman's, like my dad opens the door and he sees Warnock just peering out of the door and then he shuts it and then my dad's banging on the door saying, you send your lads out first, Neil. And like Warnock came out and he says, well, I wanted your lads to go out, so they got freezing cold waiting for my lads, but you know the game, don't you? So he's just clever like... Did him at Warnock's own game. Yeah. Straight after that Leeds thing as well, um, where he were obviously arguing with his work wife quite a lot, his own wife at least comes on to defend him, looking quite a lot like Sigourney Weaver out of Ghostbusters as well, I thought. <laughs> that, sort of, you know, that sort of dreamy look of just got out of a blow dryer. <laughs> like a mark. Well, no, I didn't mean dreamy in that way. I just meant it looked like she were on Prozac or something, which I suppose you'd have to be to be with Warnock. Yeah, I think he's done well. I think he's done very well. Oh, he's punching big uh, time. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, definitely. He's been going on, but uh, yeah, he, he's he's. I, I always think that he played a bit of a part, Warnock. I don't think that was completely him. I don't think it was completely him. Uh, like like she said. And, and it worked for him, didn't it? Yeah, it did. I think he got a lot out. He got a lot out of his career. He had a very successful career. Good on him. Yeah, and, and to be fair, Stan touched on it earlier as well, didn't he? That some of that shouting at Akinbaye, it, it might have been for effect, just to do whatever he thought he was going to do, either put Akinbaye off or or raise the players a bit, or or the fans even, or tap him up. So the, the DVD ro- it rolls on, and we and because it, it doesn't show all the games, it sort of picks certain elements. And we've got Wolves at home around November time. Uh, we're on a decent run, which just outside the playoffs uh, at that time. And uh, Danny Kadamatri comes in, and there's obviously some sort of problem. He, he looks like he's, you know, he's, but he's not told Warnock. Warnock's not too happy about that. But then he, he gets pulled from the team, um, and he brings in uh, Shoei, uh, you know, the English bird camp. Um, but it's the bit that gets me when he won't even have Kadamatri in the dressing room. Danny, go and get him back, son. Go and have to wait so I don't sit. I can make me feel sick if I look at you. There's a good lad. Run a bath and just stop him. Is that good man management? You're making me feel sick if I look at yeah. you. Is that one of the quotes you used in one of your meetings at work that year? <laughs> yeah, probably was. <laughs> I used to say it about David all the time. But yeah, he kicks him out. And he always says, I don't like people moving about. I don't like... and Which is fair enough. I get that. You want focus and stuff. But a little, little bit harsh. Just get yourself off home. Get out I don't know. Didn't didn't Bassett do a similar thing in United documentary? Yeah. Didn't didn't he clear someone out when they were injured and just that he didn't want them around rested squad? Yeah, it's it's probably a fair thing, really. Don't take any negativity out of the situation. Be that someone with a bad leg <laughs> or someone chucking up all of the floor and uh, just get them out of it. So slip and trip hazard, if nothing else, health and safety nightmare. Yeah, you want you want him out of the way. He's got a sickness, but he could pass it on. <laughs> I suppose. I'm probably being a bit hard. It's just the way he said it that always makes me laugh. Yeah, no, I, I thought it was funny. If you're going to get offended by that, get out of club. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I think he did kick him out not long after. Quite rightly as well. 
So we have the game and Shorty scores, scores I think, a, a couple of goals and we, or certainly one and we got three to up. We're looking big win against Wolves, playoff rivals and then they score a late goal. Julian Lescott follies in a goal right at the end. Players come in and it's, it's worth playing it. It's entirely uh, uh, Warnock, he's not too happy with uh, what, what happened. Who's got fucking Lescott? Who's got him? Why have you got him? It's the way it all just happened quickly. Just the way it happened. Hey? Just the way it happened. Fucking hell. Fucking just the way it happened. All the things are a fucking court. Who do you have to pick up, you? Is it fucking black and white or what? Who do you pick up, you? Lescott. Lescott. And we last fucking two minutes. Can't you fucking get him in time he comes to take a fucking kick? Can you, can you not get to pick him up by the time it gets from there to there? Whoever's in the fucking box. There's fucking three big ones at the back. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, no, it's let's go one of them. Hey? It's let's go one of them. Well, Craddock and the fucking two other big fuckers. So what do we do? You pick Lesko. If one of the other scores, I don't fucking blame you. Right. And you pick your fucking man up. And if it's the spare man, I take the fucking blame. It's in fucking black and white, Gaffer. You pick up whoever's fucking there. You went to tell him. So, yeah, I went to tell him. So, 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 uh, and Warnock, and obviously Jags is this kind of timid little. He's trying to stick up for himself, but he's struggling. Morgs is I've it's the line that Morg says. I've got two other big fuckers, <laughs> which always gets me. But um, do you, what are our thoughts on that that exchange? I think he's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I mean, and Warnock's got a point. I think this is the bit that Andy's on about, where he's saying, "Oh, footballers like to blame." everyone and they've got that off him let's be honest but I think he's got a point in this instance because if he's, he's told Morgan to pick up one person not them three other big buggers or whatever it is then he's got a point one at this time I think I don't think Warnock has I think, one, I think Morgan's in the right if you watch the goal there's sure. Morgan going for the header against three Wolves players and you have to go for the header Lescott isn't one going for the header no. he's, he scores off yeah. the knockdown so Morgan's right I'd rather have Morgan attacking the ball when it comes in. Not looking to drop that. I agree with that. Surely the person attacking the ball is his own man. <laughs> need to get Will Frostron on. <laughs> no, Dave, I like to see a good Barney. I think it was a good... Oh, no, I have no problems with that. I oh, bet that goes on in every Good insight. I, don't, I, can't see, I can't see certain managers nowadays doing that, but I loved it. I think good old, yeah. Good old Barney. Yeah. yeah, that's a. I think it really good. Show passion. Yeah. yeah. They move on from that. Morgan says, oh, we, we, don't, we, we don't let it, you know, we don't bear grudges. And I, I think you get that with Morgan. You have a bit of a, you know, yeah. a bit of a go at each other and then you move on sort of thing. And then mid-season, we decide they're going to have a, a bit of a break. Obviously, United this year went to, uh, was it Abu, Abu Dhabi they went to uh, on a yeah. trip? You know, obviously, we're a bit higher up in the league. Warnock takes them to uh, to Scarborough, which I don't have a problem with because it's you know it's I think getting them down to earth. But then I think Morgan says uh, we only go here because he gets free uh, winking willies, fish and chips, and he gets everything for free and stuff. So it's a bit of a go at him and stuff. But the, the, it is a good bit this because they they obviously stay wherever they're staying and uh, they, they have lots of uh, games to decide. I think there's three players that whoever loses these competitions have to go in the, the North Sea freezing sea. And he's talking to, we signed an Italian player called Emmanuel Gabriele, I think he was, he didn't play for as much. 
and he ain't got a clue what's going on. So Warnock obviously tries to just give him an idea of what they're doing. The first game is someone you don't like, the losers go in the sea. Uh, and I have to wonder who who, who he did put down, but um, probably probably put Warnock. <laughs> he didn't play him much. And then they play a series of other games. It's, there's like a game where they have to throw and put a stone into the middle of this circle. But what worries me is Paddy Kenny's obviously a goalkeeper. And he's dreadful, like that. None of them really cover themselves in glory as professional athletes that are supposed to have good hand-eye coordination. Not, none of them could run on sand. None of them could <laughs> throw a stone. None of them, apart from, I think, one could skim. Paul Thurwell, yeah. he's a very good skimmer. That's yeah, better yeah. Diffie United. He never played hardly, but he skipped that skim. <laughs> I think you can tell that Warnock's obviously done that exact trip with every club oh, yeah. he's ever been to, ever been a manager of since 80 <laughs> odd, isn't it? He's like, oh, let's take him to Scarborough and do these games. Even when he was at Scarborough? <laughs> I bet he did. Probably, yeah. Cheap, cheap. Okay. But how many times has he had to mime the sea, the fucking sea, to somebody there? <laughs> the, the losers are Tong, Kadamarchi and Kenny, and they all go running in the sea. Tong don't look happy as he comes out of the sea. But yeah, it's a good bit of... Bit, bit, of, bit of fun sort of thing. No, we're good. It's, it's the sort of thing, again, that it probably worked for him. It's like the kind of player he had and the kind of squad he had, that team bonding exercise, it probably it yeah. probably did work wonders. Yeah. And it, it cuts, it shows Derek Geary going on them, one of them little kids' rides as well, oh, doesn't yeah. it? I'm, I'm, I'm amazed that he passed the height restriction for it, to be honest. But... Bit of a homage to Jossie's Giants as well. Yeah. I remember yeah. old Jossie took, uh, took, took his team to Scarborough. Yeah. Yeah, 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 on the tra- on the tram. Yeah, running up against the tram on the on the steps. I'm sure many listeners yeah. will have been on that on that trip. <laughs> yeah, hundreds of us. Yeah. So we're back to back to league action, and uh, it gets a bit cliche because they, they they talk about uh, they're going to London, they're playing Millwall, and they've got Kaiser Chiefs playing. I predict it right, and then there's like the windows either being put through or they pretend the stone's gone through the window as they come over. But into Millwall, and then it's all hammed up as this intimidating atmosphere. He gets there, and there's about five old fogies who go as he, as he gets off. The, it loses the kind of drama sort of thing. Don't you just go when they boo him? Just go, thank you very much. Yeah, I've had, or I've had worse or something. Does that mean you don't want me as your manager? One of the clubs that he didn't manage. One of the few, yeah. He's always wanted to, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. always been yeah. a fan. Loves Millwall fans. One last job. The game starts, and we're not getting a few decisions. Fucking hell, what's the difference? And once the match has started, the atmosphere takes a turn for the worse. Fucking hell, we're away from home, that's the fucking difference. We're in London. That's the fucking difference. Hey, we're in London, aren't we? I don't really know what to I mean, I can only compare it to going and buying like a pie, one of the you know, northerners who don't go down south very much and everything's different. So even refereeing decisions have changed. I mean, we're only playing Millwall. We're not playing like Arsenal. <laughs> just such yeah. a sort of little England attitude, isn't it? That it's like you've gone to <laughs> big place and we're, we're little guys and they're all against us. And, and, and so half, half time comes and uh, I think it's, it's nil-nil actually at half time and they're coming down the tunnel and then we have a... The, the, a fracas, shall we say? Um, one not year in my pitch. Oh, it's all going off, and he don't really get involved. You see, Morgan comes steaming down. There's a few others 
even Jack Elks is there, runs down and gets involved. Andy Green manages to go backwards as if on rewind, though. <laughs> Eventually get him in, and we have the uh, we have a bit of a we kind of try and find out what what happened. You know what Muscat's like? He wants to get a response. I'll tell you something, should I? But Muscat will not get a booking or a sending off because he's too fucking sly. He does it when nobody's looking. Yeah, he's a shit ass. So we don't <laughs> retaliate, we fucking play. He wants somebody to go out there now and elbow him and get sent off. That's all, we don't do that. We just fucking stick at it now. That's a good sign for me, that. Okay, Sorry, son. What's he done? Who's that? Who's that? Who's butted you? Who is it? Who butted you, Matt Perry? That's a fucking disgrace, So the star of that's got to be Chris Morgan's comments. Uh, he's a shit house, and we'll see to him after. <laughs> Warnock's in his absolute element, isn't it? He's just absolutely loving it. It's as though all the other squad, apart from Morgan, are, are quite shy around the cameras. <laughs> The Warnock's just loving it. He's absolutely loving it. What a man. He's no idea that Kenny's actually got involved as well. At that stage, they'd not sent them both off. He just thinks he's Musk. I think Kenny had had a go at him as well. I, I love for the first 30 seconds of the clip, they're saying what Muscat's done. And he turns to Kenny, big egg coming out the side of his head. Who's done that then? <laughs> ball, the ball boy did it. So Warnock says, "Oh, that, you know, he's happy with that. He's just what he wanted. He's got, yeah, they've, they've got him right. Obviously, Kenny goes off. Jags goes in goal. They go one nil down, and then we, but then we come, we come roaring back. Uh, I think Andy Little scores, and then uh, Geary scores a, re- a really good sort of, uh, long range goal, and, and, and we win two uh, one. Yeah, good win. Um, if you're Warnock, you'd like to think you'd accept that with a bit of grace and humility. Shake a few hands, say well done. You know, he goes on a different a, a different route in uh, you know his words of uh, commiseration for the for the Millwall players. Johnny, that serves you right for fucking Muscat, that. Serves you right for Muscat, that. Hey, serves you right for fucking Muscat, that. Fucking serves you right with him. How many players do you think he said it? Because we only see four. <laughs> I just wonder how many players he say, actually says that to. Uh, all of them. Paul Eiffel. Yeah. yeah. I think he said it when he signed him. <laughs> did, Bar- did Barry Hales play for Millwall? Yeah, he, he'd gone to Millwall. He'd already got rid of him. But his big signing had already failed. God. Uh, any, any other thoughts on, uh, on, on that, that exchange, that final bit? He'll have gone through an entire team, let's be honest. He'll have gone through them all and said exactly the same thing to them all. <laughs> and you just don't know what possesses a man to do something like that, do you? It's just, just once is pretty bad, twice. And then I think there's, there's even one player who's like, probably probably came on as sub, didn't even see what happened originally and stuff. And he's like looking at him, gone out, like, what's this idiot on about? And he's got a point. John, we've done that line many a time uh, when, um, at meetings, haven't we, or phones, and people have looked at exactly oh, God, the same yeah. as that player. Like, what are they on about? <laughs> it surprises me that Jody didn't really bite back. Nobody did. They all accepted it. So it says, Jags, Jags you can go in goal at, uh, at, at Rotherham. And I think Cosy quips with, uh, you went, you're a you're United fan. And... Uh, so we, 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 we've got to win there. And then we, the next bit of the documentary, we're in the boardroom um, and he's, there's Kevin McCabe there, there's a few of the others there. And he's, he's talking about that he needs, he needs another striker at that point. 
do you want to have a? Should we have a guess how many strikers we had that season? He says he's light in the striking department. Andrew, how many strikers do you think we had that season? Eleven. John. Seven. Hey, Mark. Ten. You're all ballpark. We had nine at various points that season. He had Andy Gray, Cadamartris, Shoy, Barry Ailes, Jack Lester was there for a bit before he moved, Ashley Ward, there was Jonathan Forte, there was Billy Sharp coming through, Tommy Johnson, David Johnson, probably another Johnson, but uh, yeah, nine strikes. Been- Weren't there Luke Beckett as well? You missed him out. Luke Beckett possibly out on loan. Yeah, you might be right with your ten. You might be right. I've got ten. <laughs> well done. I, I didn't even cheat. That was just I just went one less than Andy. Not the greatest, any of them really were, though. No, you know. no but he, he he went for quantity over quality most times, <laughs> didn't he? And then we got Weber in. Weber. Well, we'll come on to that. He mentions Duncan. Is it McCabe says something about Duncan yeah. Ferguson? He's I, not happy about that. I think that's a settle <laughs> yeah. for, the, for the film. We were never we were never in for Duncan Ferguson. No. Were it was the end of his towards the end of his career. Ah, no chance. That set up for the Jones. No, never, ever, ever. <laughs> but Warnock got his, his heart set on John Stead, though. It's, he dismissed, dismissed him. He says, I'm off John Stead. And we didn't get him. He goes to, uh, I think he actually ended up going to uh, Sunderland. Sunderland. But then he, like with his other players, Akinbay, keeps going, keeps going. Which a lot of, man, you know, Wilder's gone for players continually after a while. Um, you know, so... Uh, we did appreciate his little banter about it. Gonna let, he, he spoke to the person next to him around <laughs> You're gonna let you're gonna let me finish. Yeah. Like Am that. I doing my report, Mr. Chairman, or not? <laughs> it's like what every says. Very, very flight bassett in the United series, yeah. is that wasn't it? Yeah. Quite dismissive. Yeah, Decker. I think Decker Dooley was in there as well, weren't yeah. it? Yeah. But after that, after that board meeting, we have a poor run of results. They see we see us um we see us losing to Sunderland where we uh, we're one nil down at half time. It's a game we went to, weren't it, Mark? We weren't very good. I, well, I as, as I said earlier, I can remember very little of it. I can't. I could not remember. We'd even yeah. gone. We were poor, but we had a better second half. But we still, we still lost. Warnock doesn't fit well to their, uh, to their, their thoughts. Fucking can't much more, can we? Yeah, you can do a fucking lot more. You can start from first fucking whistle. Oh, yes. Fucking hell, fire. Of the TikTok videos, but somebody's d- took it off that and they've, they've done the voices and, and sort of mimed it. It is really good, actually. I would recommend to go and watch it. But uh, how squeaky is his voice? Consistently, as well, just works up to it. And I, I don't think I could keep my voice at that level for, for any period of time. It's, it's like it's like sort of 80s cock rock levels, isn't it? Everybody, <laughs> I think you say a level, a level of a level of highness that. I'd have been laughing in the, <laughs> in the changing room. I, I'd have been able to accept that. It was just ridiculous. He got higher and higher. Yeah, brilliant. I, I like how he went old school as well. Everybody in the back. <laughs> I, 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 I don't think they have big bats anymore, do they? 
But he did that Jekyll and Hyde thing again, where he went off and he went, he went so high that he, I think he probably cut out and went dog whistle. And then he went, hey, take positives out of that, though, eh? <laughs> he's obviously just a really nice man, isn't he? Yeah. But he's just playing this part and he's just, oh, please, you know, you're all right. I'm okay. So then after that, we have a, it's a bit of a losing run. Uh, we lose a few games and we have a bit of a montage of clips. I'm going to play this again. It's a bit of a long one, but the thing that gets me is this montage goes. At half-time, they've obviously had a bad performance. His tactic is to get them running on the spot. And I don't know if anyone's doing the Joe Wicks at the moment, but it's very much, you know, where you run on the spot for 30 seconds and then stop 30 seconds. And we have him having a go at the referee, the linesman. His masterstroke is to tell Shoy to go and warm up the sub to try and... Uh, He'll have a word with the linesman and sort it out. I know, when you get a chance, well, I know, I know I'm shouting. You're just saying, show me that you're not biased all the time, will you? I know! This thing the fucking world out, man! What the fucking hell damn it? Fucking top of league, plenty of shit, they all get the fucking decisions. We're fucking tough boss like that. They should be fucking flagging! and and there we have it i think that montage of clips is uh, you know his little exchange with joe royal saying he's he's the best best player they've had he gets get high pitched again and i do remember that linesman being really bad in that game though against Ipswich when we lost 2-0 he was shocking um, but yeah, just sums him up that little little so kind of. Did sure did sure he get on that game? I don't think he told. He went and told the linesman, so he he didn't put him on a punishment. I think mean. yeah. that must be devastating. You sub, then instead of getting told to warm up, you might be going on. Just warm up and have a go at the linesman, then come and sit back down. <laughs> Yeah, and I like the bit when he said he does the the kind of his voice goes up and down, and he and he says, uh, "Do you think they'll say um, they'll say oh, it's all right? It's only worn on." Yeah, it's all about him, isn't it? Everything's about yeah. it. When was the corner bit filled in between South Stand and and uh, Bramall Lane? Uh, when they got promoted a couple of years after, I think about two was years it? after. Oh, right, yeah. Right. yeah. So uh, in the cup, though, we're in the fifth round of the cup. We beat Villa, who were. Uh, uh, higher division, and we beat we beat West Ham. I think possibly I might be in the same division, and and we've got a, a game at Highbury, um, and you see him going into into the, the dressing room, and I think he does a bit of a discussion about their, you know, is there a scout gone and done a report or something on them? Yeah, and he's uh, just on about how good they are and everything. Just watch match of the day or Sky Sports. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, he's got a breakdown, and he says, and then I said that they were really good. And he, he, he has a bit of a. I think that's good, though. He's relaxing him. He's trying to make him realise that you're not going to beat him. Basically, they're too good for you, sort of thing. Played, played well, played well. Jolly good go. Yeah, we, we should have won. I forgot Burkamp got sent off. Yeah, and the Fabregas should have got sent off, and we we had a goal disallowed. We deserved a draw. We get a last minute draw, and he's he's delighted at that. You know, he, he comes in. But then afterwards, instead of talking about how well... He, he does chat a little bit about the performance. 
he's all he's bothered about is Plymouth away. Like he's like he's obsessed. I don't know whether it's because he lives near there and you know he's, he's gonna he get did man- he did manage him, didn't he? Yeah, did did he get the sack there? Is that what it is? Yeah, but what it done it was a long time before. It just seems I think it's probably also the fact that they've not won any in league at that point are they for ages so it's probably more like yeah you've done well in cup but we need to get back on track in league yeah. well we didn't get back on track we lost 3-0 I mean just before that he's trying to sell tickets to the parishioners in the church they're not interested you've got a ticket Plymouth away I think this this old woman says or the vicar says oh it's our uh, AGM or our dance or something and so they can't go to watch us lose 3-0 at Plymouth correct decision as it turns out Jags is back in goal again. He's not named a subkeeper again. Great, great tactic that, that he used to do. <laughs> didn't learn his lesson then. I didn't. But we, we get to see him on his tractor again in, in Cornwall. Fishing. Looked like, it looked like a bit of a garden gnome in that bit as well. <laughs> <laughs> he just sat there, unched up. Pillar at community. <laughs> we get Arsenal back at Bramall Lane. Another cracking effort. Uh, we, we actually lost on, on penalties. Um, and he's, 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 he's really proud. As proud as punch at the end. And, he, and obviously, the previous game against Arsenal, he said, let's get his preparation right, Dennis. Let's make sure you get your rest. We try, he's got a different approach to the players in the replay. Get pissed if you want. Go out to nightclubs. Anything you fucking like. Because you were a fucking disgrace at Plymouth, weren't you? So do everything what you don't fucking want to do. All right, take your missus out. Shag her on fucking car seat. Anything you want. That's magnificent, lads, that. <laughs> fucking magnificent, that. Has anybody idea, any idea what Stuart McCaw was doing there as he runs off? I don't think Warnock did. <laughs> Stuart McCaw runs through the dressing room, high knees, yeah. nobody laughs, and then Warnock just goes magnificent that and just completely ignores it. And oh, then you man. see McCaw just walk back, don't you, realising that nobody's found it funny. It was funny. It was funny. He was going off to shag his missus on car, weren't it? What Warnock's missus? <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was. was he? When he had that drink and fell off that car, got it. Yeah. But yeah, great bit of great bit of banter from me. I think that was a bit for the cameras, that to be honest. It's good. It's good that someone fifteen years later finally got the joke, though. (laughs) I think. I think. I think Andy's probably the first person that's understood what that joke is. I was laughing at it last night. Good stuff. Good that new insight. So, so tra- transfer deadline day comes and he, needs, he still needs that strike. I don't know whether he's signed a few before this, but uh, we signed Danny Webber, which, you know, was a good signing. I think, I don't know whether Cullop goes the other way or whatever, but, you know, really good signing, you know, and was a key man and did pretty well for us for, you know, two or three years after that. But he doesn't really talk about tactics, how he wants his... Well, we don't see him talking about how he sees Webber fitting in. His main priority is sort of seeing if he's knows of anyone else he can bring in. It's a bit, I don't know, it's a kind of uh, like non-league. Yeah, that's yeah. Well, I'd have him till the end of the season, eh? Yeah. Kayla. Yeah. Despite a thousand phone calls, there is only one signing. I don't really know what to make of that. You know, you, surely. Do you know what it reminds me of when I watched it back? And probably not at the same level, but it's like when Roy Keane pulls Robbie Savage and he gets his answer machine and he gets the, what's up? He's just like that. Oh, his answer machine. Not leaving him a message. Don't want to sign him now. Not answering his phone. Yeah, so. if he was that desperate to sign him, surely he'd just say, oh, it's Neil Warnock, give us a buzz back. I've heard you've been paid up. 
you know, you could come in maybe to the end. Of, like, give us a call, but just oh, his answer phone, leave it. Yeah, <laughs> I think he knows that he's probably blocked his number. Probably it probably went straight to answer phone because it's blocked. Danny Webber's texting him under the table. Yeah. Don't, Don't pick up. Phone. Don't pick up. It's Warnock. <laughs> the thing is, Dave, just to pick up what you said, I reckon they would have spoke about how Webby had fit in and everything Possibly. before, and clearly they just edited that out. So I'll stick up for him. I don't. I don't think the first thing he's done when he's met Danny Webber is gone. All right, I need to get another plane. Who you got? Well, that's the first thing I do on Football Manager. Get someone in, and there is actually an option to do that. So maybe you know, it's. I think it's a sensible course of action. Myself. Maybe they put that in after watching documentary, thinking that's the way to do it. Probably was about fifteen years it come in. Can you recommend another player? Basically, I don't think you're quite good enough. I need some more. So Weber comes in and he makes his debut at, at Leeds, but we, we get a bit of the Warnock's man management uh, skills. Uh, he's on the pitch and he Jags is one of our star players at the time, playing in midfield. He's got that lovely bleach blonde hair. Uh, and, he, and he sort of says how the game's really set up. As well as that, he also tells another player about his role. I'm not strutting. I just want to see you fucking just do your job on there, whoever it is. I don't know whether it's Johnson or Derry or anybody is. I think you can you can give us that big more quality. And, you know, I think Webbs, you can play with Webbs and off, can't you? Uh, we'll see when we get teams you oh, yeah. about what we're doing. But I think it's made the magic. But I want you to try and enjoy it tonight. Are you Don't worry about 30 odd thousand. They're all hating me, not you. Okay. We'll be for score. Mm. Lids, you're on bench. I'm going to put you on bench. Sorry, son. <laughs> So just uh, Jags has given all this motivation talk. He's going to run the midfield. He's set up for him, and then he turns. Don't even go up to him. He's, he's a good 10, 15 yards away. Lids, you're on the bench. He's whispering in Jagielka's ear practically as well, isn't he? Arm round him, and he's like nothing. caressing him. And then, and then next minute, he just shouts across the room, "Yeah, you're not in team." Make, make, making Jags feel like he's going to be a god at Ellen Road, <laughs> and then just kills Lids. Poor Andy Little, eh? I don't think he played for us after that, hardly. I think that was the end. <laughs> I'm not, su- not surprised. Uh, so, but the, the game goes superbly. Weber scores on his debut. I think Monty scores uh, you know, against his home, hometown club. We win 4-0. The crowd, you know, so excited. And, and, and the, they obviously want Warnock to salute them. Uh, but he's a little bit indifferent to that. Fucking give him away. They're fucking chanting me out in a week. Yeah. To be fair to Warnock, he, he was right. A couple of weeks later, a good portion of the crowd were chanting him out after we'd lost the Millwall and the season had sort of, uh, uh, sort of petered away. But uh, again, whether that was a bit for the cameras and stuff, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, can't, I can't see that bit being for the cameras. During the game, <laughs> I think you'd forget the camera was there, don't you? You're involved in the game. And as you say, you were right. Yeah. It's, he knows they're right. He knows football fans are fickle. So. Easy to turn against him, weren't it, though? Yeah. You know, as soon as he'd had a bad run of form, the fans were quite easy to turn or boo. There was so much booing back then. Yeah, but because of how he was, I think, you know, I think that yeah, didn't yeah. help as well. It didn't didn't help matters. So we, we, we did have a bad end to the season. We didn't, we didn't make the playoffs. I think that might have been his last win. And then we have the Millwall game, which is, I think, penultimate game in the season, which we lose 1-0. They've obviously remembered uh, his, uh, that that's for uh, Muscat. And, and uh, I fired up. They beat us 1-0. And then we have the, the discussion, uh, you know, where he, he discusses what they're going to be doing on the holidays. Uh, it's not a great atmosphere. Might not be your fault, lads, eh? 
I'll just have to make sure you don't fucking happen again, because I fucking, I'll, I'll tell you now, I'm fucking more determined than ever. I'll look at you now. I'll have a chat with all of you next week, before you start flying off to fucking Mallorca and all these other places, eh? I'll have a chat about the fucking game, about your game, last few months, last few weeks. Fucking character. Fucking hell, some of you. I'm st- I stick up for you lot every fucking week in press. I stick up and stick up, and I look at your contribution, some of you. No wonder he threw a fucking bottle at fucking floor, don't you? Eh? It's waited fucking nine months for that. A bit of fucking aggression. Fucking hell. You blame everything. Blame me, blame fucking pitch, ref, system, tactics. You want to have a look at your fucking self, some of you, in fucking mirror. Because there's some of you lot that could have done fucking better and we should have been up there. And you're fucking all sore and you're happy. You fucking be off flying away next fucking week. It doesn't hurt you. You're fucking picking away, Jill. Yeah, I fucking die for you lot. Fucking die for you. Fucking hell, fire. Look at the fucking games we've tossed away. So I've got to bring the players in now, and I'm going to fucking do. No reputations. I'm going to bring the fucking players in. We won't be a fucking soft touch next year. I know that much. Some of you want to fucking look at yourselves tonight. They mind fucking going out. They're in Monday, Tony. And that's brilliant. That's his final kind of final thing. Really, we hear of him to the to the players. Um, did the players still go to Mallorca, or did they still go that stage? <laughs> no, no. You seem to be the one that follows them around. You, you tell us. <laughs> just, just keep it set. Just keep my uh, my uh, my duties central to this country. It, great, I thought that was a great. Into the documentary, brilliant, and and he, he was right. When did we go up the year after? Um, I think it's two years after. Uh, no, yeah, the year after. You're right. Yeah, the year yeah, after. Yeah. He sorted it. He, bring, he brings yeah. in Gillespie, uh, Eiffel. He brings in uh, Shipperless. Unsworth comes in not long after. Um, by Cabba. Yeah. Cabba. Cabba's already there. He was injured this season. He comes back. Well, he's, there's another striker. You've, you're all right, 11. Well done, Andy. <laughs> Congratulations. You've won an award after all. <laughs> but no, that, that scene, he, he speaks as though a proper working class Sheffield United fan, doesn't he? Like, because uh, I've heard people, I've said it myself, although we'll be going on holiday now and loving it. And like us fans had sulk off to the pub or whatever. But... The beauty is, as well, in that, in that tirade, you get the full range of F bombs from him. He's got, he's got the, the fucking, the fucking, and then all the ones in between. He's, 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 he's got a few in the, in the locker, hasn't he? I don't think he was the first manager to say fucking hell, though. I think I remember Graham Taylor did it in his documentary. He went quite high-pitched. went, fucking hell, <laughs> mess. What do we think of his uh, appraisal of Michael Tong's? Uh... Tong is his favourite at time, isn't he? Every, every, every dressing room scene, there's, there's some little sort of... Come on, Tongi, let's get him to get some uh, some aircon in here. Shall we get some aircon in here, Tongi? And having to go at him about the bottle and stuff like that, he is his favourite, basically, you can tell around that time. Him and Jagielka are his favourites. But you're not going to get aggression out of Tommy on the football field, are you? No, he should have done a lot better with his career. I know that's that's harsh, but I think he should have should have perhaps done a little bit better. He's got tons of ability. Why would you say on the football field? Aggression on the football field? Has, has he got a bit more on the car seat? <laughs> No, I just, I just, you know, personal opinion. You know, I think, I think he was a great player for us, but maybe could have done a little bit better. Just... I, th- I think he's done another podcast Tommy, this week. Mm. I think he's admitted that himself. I was going to say, I'm not becoming on ours after I've said that. No, another, another who had a bit of an hard time off the fans at times as well. Yeah, Tom. yeah, I liked. Not good enough. Not good enough played. Just far too fickle with certain players. Like there's certain players that, such as Tong, um, Stephen Quinn. 
Montgomery, they got they got quite a bit of abuse quite a lot of times from United fans, and I've, I've absolutely no idea why. I, I actually think all of them were really good for us, but I agree. But I think it's certain perceptions of body language of how they how they you know how they look when they play. You know, United fans, rightly or wrongly, are good, you know a good push, and they're always you know you've got to run around, you've got to put effort in, and you know footballs. There's a bit more to football than. That, I think, and yeah, you know, we've got the right balance at the moment with Wilder. But yeah, I think United fans at that time we'd had a bad period, and if players weren't putting it in, I think they did let them know, sort of thing. I don't think you can ever blame Monty for not putting it in. I think yeah. United, I think United fans were fickle on him. I think they saw a bit of a lack of ability, and like Tongi, I think they could see the ability, but he didn't have the passion and energy and desire that Monty had. Basically, hypocrites. They say, oh, we don't, we don't mind as, we don't mind as yeah. long as you put the effort in. And then as soon as someone's other way on, they, they still do mind, is what you're saying. Yeah. yeah but I, I, but I, th- I, think, I think that time and that era, like you said it, we'd had, a few seasons before, we'd had the playoff final, two semi-finals, and then we'd not kicked on, and we went backwards. Mm. So I think the whole club, I think, as a fans, were just down. There was like a dark cloud over us that we'd not took advantage of that, that team, season. Yeah. 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 The, do- the documentary ends with him refereeing. I don't know again whether that whether he does go and ref in Derbyshire. <laughs> he's got kit on and he's out refereeing. No, that's def- that's definitely for the cameras. Oh, to Tesco's. And he says it starts with refereeing and it ends with referees. It's. Uh, Let's go, and that's that's the end of it. So uh, you know, I, I I will say I think it's an entertaining documentary. You know, it's uh, it's watchable. You know, it's a bit it's a bit kind of pantomime at times, and I do think he played up the cameras a little bit. I think some of the players have said he did put a bit extra in for the cameras, um, but a lot have also said that is how what he was like, and that's how he was. He's you know his man management, his motivational sort of skills. Um, and I, and I don't know, I th- I, we're going to sort of sum up Warnock a little bit. He's more of his era to round things off. I, I think over time, he's become, you know, the, it's become quite a negative feeling about Warnock when, you know, and I've, I've probably joined in with all the things it being about him, but he, he, we had some good times under him, some really good times under him. And I think, it's, it's, you know, it's, we need to remember that, I think. Yeah, to, to an extent, I'd agree. Um, I think the triple assault, triple failure season, whatever we're going to call it. Um, that was, what until recently, one of the best seasons I've had supporting United. Um, obviously, he got us promoted. And some of the season we're in the Premier League, I think his football was very negative. And if it had come out a bit more like Wilder and, and maybe just tried to take games to other clubs a bit more, we'd have probably done a bit better. But we got, got a season in Premier League, did not too bad um, until, obviously, we, we tailed off right at the end. But then, on the other hand, that's three seasons out of what eight, nine, and the rest were just mediocre. So, but we were going nowhere when he came in. We were under uh, Heath, and we were going down. And he steadied the ship. He did what he does at all clubs. He got them organised. Yeah, that, and, yeah, I, yeah. You know, I take but, it back. That first, that first sort of season and a half where he got us back on track and got us back to not being relegation threatened. Yeah, that was good and it, a bit of a breath of fresh air, definitely. Andrew, your overall thoughts on Mr. Warnock? I think uh, <clears throat> he did really well for us because obviously he took over after Heath, I think. Yeah. Took over that. It was a terrible era, 99. But he gave us a lot of really good games, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Uh, Hull, Forest, uh, Leeds, all really good. 
games, two semi-finals or one semi-final, FA Cup. Like, I remember a lot of his games. I remember his games more than probably Wilder's games, to be honest, because I think we just we destroyed destroyed teams. Bigger occasions, weren't they? They were, they were proper occasion yes. matches, or mm-hmm. like loads of sort of under lights at Bramall Lane, or or that that game away at Anfield. I, yeah, all re- remember them really vividly. A few good wins at Hillsborough. Yeah, yeah, we used to do well against Wednesday. If Warwick had kept us up in the Premier League, let's say a different approach away from home, a few games, or we'd beat Wigan. I think that would have massively changed people's opinions of him. That's... He'd still be here now. <laughs> he won. He's got more, more clubs to get him to. Yeah, he's, he's always loved fans at all them other clubs, so it would have still moved around. Uh, just last bit for yeah. me. I think we'd have gone back up under Warwick. I agree. With the, same, with the same money that Robson was given, I think Warwick have got us back But up. then took us back down yeah. again. We probably wouldn't have got Beatty, though. I can't imagine Beatty coming for no. Warnock. A great championship manager, though. A great championship manager. You know, he's been successful wherever he's been. Argument whether he's a Premier League top-level man. But, but again, what a character. Whether it's good, bad, we're talking about him. You've got to say, when you look back on Sheffield United's history, you'd probably say he was a good manager for us. Well, definitely. I'd, I'd say in my lifetime, like Wilder Bassett, obviously neck and neck, um, and then... And then, and then, and then you've got probably him next. I mean, we've had some bad ones. Yeah, to be to be fair, your next one after that is what Danny Wilson. So it's not really, it's, it's not real one really pushing him for third. Is he? If it, if it wasn't for what Wilder's doing now, it it would have been you know the best manager I've seen since Bassett, and he is is quite rightly seen as someone who gave us quite a lot of success after a period of absolute rubbish. It, it wouldn't shock me if he had another job at some point. It put us back on the map, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's just certain connotations. It made us a championship force again. It did, actually. Yeah. I, I saw a good stat the other day, and I think, we, I think we're fifth of all time in the championship points per game ratio. And Warnock, massive, point, massive part to play in that, isn't it? Yeah. We're way above Wednesday in that points per game ratio in the championship. But, but what I would say is he's give us he's give us a lot of lot of material, a lot of you know quips, soundbites, and you know, and you know, me and John have joked about us still taking that that DVD off and doing. It's a bit kind of like uh, Partridge and you know Harry Enfield sort of thing. But we will still probably do those clips in years to come. You know, it's uh, it is it's a funny funny documentary and a, you know, good look at, at him as a, as a person. His best signing ever? Good no, for the Blades. Uh, good question. Michael Brown. Michael Brown. Michael Brown. Did he sign him? Yeah, he did, I think. Yeah, of course. Chris Morgan was a good signing. He's trying to say something different now. Yeah. Paddy Kenny. Jags. Yeah, he came through the youth there. Jags, Tongi and Monty. Still, still signed him. Still had to give him a pro contract. One for the future. Schoolboy forms. And last question from me. Do you think who'd win at the 5 6 team or the 2 3 team? Good question. Yeah, I think that the, the second team was better, not because it went got promoted, but it had it had Tong Jagiel from Montgomery. Those players, all I know what you're going to give me about Brown and stuff, but we had a lot of experience in that yeah. uh, in that promotion team. You know, we uns with Gillespie and stuff. I don't think they were better players. Triple A, Mark. Uh, I think opposite. I think the uh, the triple triple failure season. I think. Yeah, until until recently, I'd, I'd not seen anything like it. I mean, that midfield was absolutely mm. superb. Those four together 
were brilliant and we never really had a partnership in front of them. They were always chopping and changing and deciding who was going to play up front and stuff. Didn't matter because them four would just tear them to pieces and, and it didn't really matter who was up front. Brilliant. I mean, that that midfield four probably compares with the Premiership four of Beckham, Scholes, Keane and Giggs. <laughs> like, so, it's up there, isn't it? What do you mean compares with? Pathetic. Way in front of them. <laughs> unloved tongue, unloved tongue, McCall and Brown. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Frightening. Superb. What a balance that is. Gorgeous. For me, the most underrated player under Warnock was Alan Quinn, without a doubt. But he was a good player. Yeah, good player. I, I always like Cabba. I don't think Cabba ever got enough blood of the green, maybe through injuries and stuff. Yeah. Well, it's because he also had nine, ten, however many other strikers it was at any one time. So if anyone wasn't performing, yeah. and quite often they weren't, they never got a running team. He just he just chopped and changed them out. And then no one really got a run. No one got sort of benefit of the doubt under Warner. I know what I'm going to do, Kev. I'm going to buy 15 really <laughs> average strikers. Not going to buy three good ones. I'm going to buy 15 really average overweight. Was ones. it that promotion season when he signed Akin Bayi, Horsfield, Bruce Dyer? We'd only got about nine, and then they got rid of them all. Did he never play them after that? Loved a striker, didn't oh, he? Bless him. We get Flickcroft as yeah, well. Yeah, Harry Flickcroft came yeah. in. He didn't play much, but yeah, just a bit of experience to push him over the line. So, no, I enjoyed it. Um, we should, we're going to see if we can get a couple of players could talk to. Obviously, we've slagged most of them off, so we're going to have to be a bit selective <laughs> who we, yeah, who we, we can talk to. I don't think we'll slag any off. You did. Yeah, we did. We did. <laughs> um, but we'll see what we can do, and hopefully we'll get some, 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 some chats uh, uh, in coming weeks. And uh, we've also got a, a kit podcast coming up, because obviously podcasts, you know, kits are a visual thing, and podcasts are done... Uh, over, you know, over listening to, so that'll work really well. But we're trying to get John Devlin, who's the, the you know, the, the, the guru of kits, uh, is, is, is said he's going to join us. I'm going to talk about the best kits, the worst kits, the sort of unusual kits we've had. Kits where you stick them out. <laughs> yeah, well, one, one to look, look forward to. Uh, and we've got football coming back in a few weeks. Oh, it's, it's all coming out too fast, isn't it? Will we, will we do some post game pods? Uh, oh, yeah, without a doubt. It's, it, the thing is, Andy can't make, you know, he always used to make it, I've got to get home for, for what, he's already at home, isn't he? You can't really worm out of it with that one. He's going to, you've got two weeks to think of an excuse, Andy. Aston Villa, at six o'clock week on Wednesday, is it? I think it is. We're, we're opening, reopening the Premier League season. Well, why, why, why won't we choose us? So we'll see you then. Wednesday, 17th of June, is it? Um, Tufty Club match reaction sometime after eight o'clock. Right, great stuff. Thanks, everyone. Cheers. See you soon. Great to see you all. Great to see you. Yeah, I'll Thanks take care. Lot. Really good. Enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> God, like most of Warnock's signings, we still can't finish. <laughs>